Did you hear something? No. Hmm. Did I? I don't know. So, season six of The Simpsons. Let's just take a little step back and talk in a broad way about season six, which I have the DVD set of in a uh, Homer head-shaped box. And uh, the advent of those boxes shaped like heads came with the DVD release of the sixth season, and that's appropriate because by the time season six rolled around, The Simpsons were so ensconced in the canon of American TV and so beloved that it was time to just really buckle down and make everything look consistently great and make the writing all consistently great. There are plenty of flights of fancy, but there are also plenty of quite realistic down-to-earth stories. And the masters of both of that, both of those two types of Simpsons scripts uh, are Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein, who I love Not only do I love their Simpsons shows that they wrote, I love the ones that they were the showrunners of, which happened mostly in seasons seven and eight. Correct me if I'm wrong about that. Um, and I follow them both on Twitter and they are still both so I don't know, like, serious but not too serious about the various great projects that they've both worked on, including The Simpsons and since The Simpsons. Um, Grandpa versus Sexual Inadequacy was show-ran by, uh, or sorry, show-run by Dave Merkin, but these guys wrote it. Um... And it's so impressive for several reasons. Um, chief among them, to me, being the the progression of the story from one uh, situation to the next. It's. I mean, they do have a A story and a B story. The B story being the the whole kids getting paranoid thing and getting worried about reverse vampires, etc. Um, but you could argue that there are like several A stories, um, just like working backwards from the end of the show. You have Homer 
reconciling with grandpa and uh, sort of delving back into his childhood with flashbacks and stuff. Uh, all of that unpleasant feeling causing him to delve into his childhood and have flashbacks about sitting in front of the TV and stuff. And, um, and the whole thing culminating, you know, after their fight in the house burning down and, um, them kissing and making up in front of the burning house. We also have the whole idea that Homer and grandpa would go into business together, selling the boner medication. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, that whole conceit of grandpa in the Colonel Sanders outfit and Homer as his sidekick and them trying to peddle old-timey medicine show style this medicine. Simpson and Sons uh, what is it called? Simpson and Sons Love Tonic or whatever. I can't remember the exact name of it. Um, so that's two and then even before that, there's the whole conflict between Homer and Marge when their sex life is not great. Um, and I don't know, just very quickly, very seamlessly, uh, it really moves along between all of these different uh, mini stories that sort of get resolved and then it's on to the next problem. It's like one problem reveals another problem <laughs> all within the family. But the thing that's really at the heart of it is Homer and Grandpa's poor relationship because Grandpa is a mean jerk to him. Oh, and I guess, I mean, you could add to that there's another mini story of Homer feeling guilty that he's not a good enough father because he realizes how bad a father Grandpa was and doing things like pushing Lisa in the filthy tire swing and uh, teaching Bart how to ride a bike, even though he already knows how to ride a bike and he doesn't want to ride the girl's bike that Homer has chosen for him. Uh, and he's also shown eating potato chips while Maggie is in the baby Bjorn. <laughs> um, and he's spilling the potato chip crumbs all over her. So it's great, and there's still, even with all of this plot, room for wacky little gags like what happens in the bookstore when Marge and Homer in the beginning are shopping for erotic books, <laughs> or not erotic books, but like how-to sex books. I love when Homer, by mistake, picks up a Maplethorpe uh, photo book you know, pr trying to pretend that he's reading something innocuous. And <laughs> just the timing of that is amazing. Because <laughs> you notice what it is just in the exact moment that he does. He screams and drops it. And of course, that little uh, Al Gore bit... I believe that's Harry Shearer impersonating Al Gore. 
It's a pretty good fake out because Bart is starting to really become convinced that there are UFOs out there. Um, and he's bought a UFO book and, you know, he's saying that the government will be able to track his movements now that he's a, you know, conspiracy find out about her. And Lisa's excited because she's bought Al Gore's uh, memoir or, you know, just sort of nonfiction book. Sane plan planning, sensible tomorrow. And as the checker scans the book, there's this whole X-File, like you see, you hear X-Files music. And an electronic network goes all the way to the White House. And you think it's going to be about UFOs. But instead, it is Al Gore being informed that his book has been bought. You know all this. Why did I just recap that entire part? I will say that I like on The Simpsons when there's a record playing, as there is when Al Gore uh, plays Celebration. They always have fun with the sort of wobbly motion of a record player. They've done it several times. For the time, the jokes, uh, especially in the beginning, are rather edgy. Um, and we also do see Homer and Marge naked in bed. And it's like, you know... Pretty risque, especially uh, the one scene where Bart runs in, scared of UFOs, and they sit up and, like, you know, try to cover themselves. You can very much see that they're naked, and so that's... I don't know, they kind of pushed the envelope pretty far, and I'm glad they succeeded in that to make it more realistic. Uh, the... The jokes of all of the reasons in the very beginning why they don't have sex are all funny. I mean, Bart being the last one asking if he can sleep in bed with them and everything. But there was also <laughs> Homer watching the um, the movie on TV with Troy McClure. That's kind of like a Cheech and Chong movie, kind of not. He says, come on, I, I've only seen this movie twice before, and I've seen you every night for the past... Oh. <laughs> and then she's mad. And then he is bloated from eating too many enchiladas and uh, does not want to have sex, obviously. I like the joke. I think it's interesting that the tonic that Grandpa mixes up is like all consists of stuff that is in his medicine cabinet. And it looks like cologne and, you know, various other things that old men have as sort of grooming products that you would probably not want to drink. <laughs> 
Indeed, Dr. Hibbert later on says that the arousal happens because it's a mild form of poisoning. It's a great uh, subtle but not too subtle joke when um, the first time Grandpa mixes up the tonic and throws it to Homer as he's leaving the old folks' home when he says, Think of me when you're having the best sex of your life. Pretty good joke. Um, the sexy outfits? I sort of very much admired Marge, uh, Marge's pink negligee thing that looks like it's from the 60s or like something that would appear on Mad Men, like her long pink negligee with long sleeves that she is shown in, I think only in this episode. Uh, and then Bernice Hibbert, just in that one little scene with Hibbert that I mentioned, is sort of splayed out on the bed in like a pink teddy or pink bathing suit or something. Very interesting, the lingerie that <laughs> the women of Springfield choose. Uh, I think it's interesting that it only is a success in Springfield, you know? This is, uh, I mean, you would say that this whole show is based on the success of Viagra, but Viagra didn't exist at this point yet. But when Viagra finally did come along, um, the way people gossiped about it and stuff was very similar. But once they take it on the road and, you know, start doing this medicine show, it never succeeds. But it is popular enough in Springfield for all of the kids to be pretty much abandoned, like quasi-abandoned by the adults because the adults are so busy getting it on. Um, prompting them to have this whole powwow in the treehouse, which is so great. So many people love this. I'm one of them. Lisa's... Uh, withering sarcastic remark that maybe the people are reverse vampires that Millhouse immediately picks up on and all of the kids panic about. Uh, and also the whole deserted town. Where the kids are just wandering around loose. Ralph needs someone to cook dinner for him. Uh, Nelson decides that he runs the town and then is anxious immediately and goes, uh, carry on. <laughs> this is very funny. And just the title, Grandpa versus Sexual Inadequacy. is <laughs> very dry and uh, stupid but smart in a way that if I could describe it, there wouldn't be such a thing as a comedy sitcom. A 
comedy sitcom, as opposed to all the serious ones. I'd like to uh, correct what I said all that time ago, back when I talked about the show Colonel Homer from season three. And uh, that was the first time anyone went to Spittle County, because that's where Lurleen is from. And I believe I said that Spittle County was never again visited. But, of course, when Homer and Grandpa are doing the medicine show, they go to Spittle County. And that is where the funniest moment of the show for my money happens, which is <laughs> that completely weird character with the totally weird design. And the crazy voice when he goes, I don't know, I've had trouble with aphrodisiacs. <laughs> what does he say? I haven't had much luck with aphrodisiacs. I love that. And uh, yeah, that was just one of many failed outings. Grandpa and Homer do it, uh, I think just once, just that one time with the getaway music after they realize that, that Homer is a plant in the audience. And then Grandpa does it using Barney later on, and he's even less successful. Anyway, thank you for listening to Simpsons Time this afternoon. Here is some getaway music. This is Foggy Mountain Breakdown by Flat and Scruggs. And this has been Simpsons Time through the Debigulator. Thank you so much for joining me in the Debigulator today. My name is Amanda Nazario. You can subscribe to this podcast you can drop a comment on the playlist page for this show at any time if you haven't seen the show list to click through to each show it can be found at wfmu.org slash playlists slash sy And uh, you can drop me a line anytime if you have interest in this, if you um, have some Simpsons news to share, or if you just want to mention something about Simpsons to me. I always welcome that. I will talk to you next week. Have a good one. <laughs>